Welcome to Oh My Stars, a music astrology podcast. And we're here to draw connections between astrology and the music people love. I'm Amy. And I'm Stefan. And today we're welcoming singer, songwriter, drummer, and producer Eric Slick. Woo! Eric. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the pod. Um, Eric's latest solo album, Wiseacre, um, was released last August, so be sure to check that out. And you also might know him as the Slick Sticks behind the drum <laughs> kit in one of my favorite indie rock bands, Dr. Dog. Oh, Slick Sticks. You like that? Why haven't we marketed that yet? I mean, you can well, have that. Opportunity. Yeah, free of charge, just for coming on. It, you know, if a stick company is listening, um, yeah, I mean, I guess ideally this the sticks would be very slippery, <laughs> so that you couldn't play drums, right? That's that's what you do with slick sticks, I, or they'd be, they'd be like ironic, like you'd call them slick sticks, but they'd have tape all over them, and they'd be extra tough, mm. extra textured. Mm. I feel like the latter might um, be perfect for your market. Um, not so slick sticks oh, oh wow yeah there you go the the synergy here already is it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty dynamic so thanks that's great thanks um just wanted to ask you um with releasing you know wiseacre last year what was that like releasing an album like during a global pandemic <laughs> yeah oh yeah it was a great idea it was, <laughs> it was a top-notch number one idea everyone should do it no uh I think like it was more for my own psychological it's all for my, for my own health was to put the record out last year because like I'd been sitting on the finished record since uh, September of 2020 or sorry geez 2019 so uh I think I'd been living it with it for a while and I was just worried that like it wasn't going to come out until 2022 and had I waited I mean it probably would have been years before it came out so I was just like you know what putting it out and it ended up being great or you know as good as it could be during a global pandemic couldn't tour the record but like in in some ways that was cool yeah yeah i mean and i'm sure there was there were still plenty of other like promo opportunities in terms of you know interviews and, and other things that you could do to get it out there i mean i definitely remember hearing about it through the internet somehow so <laughs> yeah i mean i was definitely pumping it i was pumping it on the twits and on the instagram and on and all the social mediums so I think like it just felt good to get it out and not have to think about it and then be able to move on, you know, like I also don't like sitting with something for too long creatively. Like it, it, I can't move on unless I put it out. I totally get that. Yeah. It's a, it's a Taurus thing. Hey, <laughs> hey now. Uh, yep. I have a question about the album. Uh, the song Quarantine, was that just a coincidence? That Total coincidence. And in fact, when the word quarantine got thrown around in the media in March of 2020, I started panicking and I was like, I'm going to have to take the song off the record. Because <gasps> it's not a... Also, quarantine is not a word that I used in my daily lexicon at all. Like... When I was writing the song, I was like, oh, quarantine, that's kind of a cool idea. Like, I never used that word. And then it became the word of the world for a year. Um, so, yeah, co total coincidence. Song has nothing to do with COVID-19, thank God. Um, more just about uh, the normal toxic masculinity is what it's about. So, Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, a bit of a, a, bit of a metaphorical 
uh, quarantine of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like throwing all the toxic men into quarantine. That was sort of the joke of the song. I like um, So We should do know. that. Not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I also wanted to ask you, too, um, you know, recently seen, uh, you know, with Dr. Dog, the, the final tour was announced for, for this fall. Um, generally speaking, how are, how are you feeling about that? Are you, like, sentimental? Are you, like, this was going to give you, you know, more time to work on, like, your solo stuff, some of your, you know, any producing stuff you have in the works, or maybe it's well, both? It's a loaded question because I feel a lot of different ways about it, but ultimately I think it's the right thing for the band, and I'm really excited because the band's not over, you know, it's just... Yeah, right, right, we should and, say that. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've also toured so much over the years. I mean, I, I remember the first year I joined the band, I think I was gone like 300 days a year. Um, and and prior to my prior to joining, like, those guys were just touring constantly. So I think people get burnt out, and this whole wrapping it up in this kind of nice way is a good thing for all of us. Um, and it's not so much like time to focus on other things. Like I feel like I'm constantly juggling projects and I have always juggled projects even before we announced our final tour. Um, but I've also had plenty of time to mentally prepare cause we made the decision a while ago. So, um, yeah, I'm excited actually. I'm excited to play these songs and see a bunch of people and it will be bittersweet for sure, but it's going to be good. It is. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, do you, do you happen to recall, um, with, with Dr. Dog, like, um, playing, coming through and playing over the years in Ithaca, New York? Uh, well, it depends. What, you mean like at the college? Uh, college or the town? I, I went to Ithaca College, so that's, I'm, I know that I saw you guys at least once, like, I was there between, like, uh, 2010, 2014, but, uh. I feel like we played the, the university. Okay, okay. That was, Yeah. Which was, which actually was a really nice sounding place from my memory. Um, I'm trying to remember if like we played any other venues in Ithaca, but um, the Haunt, perhaps. Oh my God, the Haunt. Yes. Yeah, uh, we played there on my first tour. Uh, so that was 2010, and that was a hot, very hot and sweaty show. I remember it really well. Yes, thank you, f- thank you for jogging my memory. I was in the crowd there. That's that's awesome. That's a small little room for us, but it was fun. No, of course. It was yeah, it yeah. was pretty sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I was a baby boy. I was, like, I was like five years old at that show. I remember saying to my friend, "Wow, is that a five year old behind the kid?" Yeah, it was. I mean, I could barely reach the pedals. <laughs> Speaking about like uh, you're saying, you know, you've always juggled projects and, and things at the same time. Wanted to ask you, you played drums on the recent Taylor Swift track, uh, "You All Over Me." Um, how did that happen? Like, what? Where was the connect there? That's awesome. Yeah, uh, so one of my old friends from Philadelphia is an engineer named John Lowe, and he had done some Dr. Dog uh, EPs and engineered them, and I've done some other projects with him in Philly, and uh, we started doing a Zoom workout class together this year, and we hadn't seen each other in a while, and then like one day he just texted me and was like, hey, do you want to play on something? And I was like, sure. And then I got the track, and I had no idea what it was, because it was like super top secret, and then it was a Taylor Swift song. Oh shit! Wow. Uh, so I really didn't know. Um, wow. Which was awesome. It was a nice surprise, and I, and I think I don't think I'm spoiling it for anybody because a lot of the other musicians who've worked on the Taylor Swift stuff over the last year had no idea that that's what they were working on. You know, it's a very, it's a very protected thing, which I understand. So uh, yeah, that's how I played on it. It was crazy. 
Uh, I was so stressed out because I also am just learning how to record drums by myself at home. So it's like I really got thrown into the deep end with that one. You know, I've been recording on some of my friend's stuff for a couple weeks. And then it was like, oh, by the way, do this now. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Wow. That's a hell of a one to dive in on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty weird. Uh, but I'm super happy with how it came out, and Taylor's awesome, and everybody in that whole scene is great. So nothing but good things to say. Cool. Yeah, I mean, That's 50s. I have to say, like, these last two records from, from 2020, I was, like, really, like, pleasantly surprised by it. I was, like, kind of lukewarm, lukewarm on her over the years, but I think getting all these, like, sad indie boys to, like, come in and, and kind of... <laughs> produce some stuff i think that was like that's my that's my vibe i fall in that you can say you can say sad indie boys they're actually i feel like they're quite happy boys i feel like they they won some grammys so they're pretty happy that's true you're right what's to be sad about maybe the maybe the image is sad but um from what i understand (laughs) they're quite happy well good i'm glad that they were able to escape their emotional prisons but i'm a pisces and i quite haven't gotten there yet but i'm happy for them i am unfortunately Uh, yeah my my wife's a pisces too oh oh yes Pisces taurus great and um and and your your wife is the lovely miss natalie press is that correct she is yes yes lucky you (laughs) i am very extremely lucky every day (laughs) <laughs> and um and you guys have a song on on Wiseacre together. Um, I love the music video for it. It's super fun. Oh, thanks. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah, we shot that in our backyard. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Now I want to dive in because you said Pisces Taurus. Interesting. As it, like, is that a bad combination? Because from what I understand, it's a it's a good combination. Um, it's just not one that I've like encountered much i guess that's why i said interesting but no i think water and earth signs go well together they do yeah yeah um i think that like there's the shared thing of just really appreciating like beauty and aesthetics and you know with taurus being ruled by like venus um there's a the, there's that side of like love and beauty that I don't think always gets like talked about you know there's like the stubbornness there's like being mm-hmm. strong and and responsible and all that stuff but then there is that like softer side as well I think um and like right. you know as an artist I'm sure you can you know relate to that part of it definitely yeah um but it's funny it's like you said stubborn and strong and it's like I feel like I kind of strong arm my way into this podcast I was like let me on Aww. I want to be on well we love that <laughs> I no I have to tell you I was like freaked out in a good way by that like seriously cuz we <laughs> well you you started following me and I was like a music astrology podcast sounds right up my alley because I annoy everybody around me with like trying to guess people's signs and trying to guess their rising sign and all so so this is a good segue to a question we always ask like what is how did you get you know into astrology and you know what does it mean to you I think it really centered around a bunch of failed relationships because I never because th- I my grandma always used to tell me because my grandma's a Taurus as well uh, she used to tell me like you know you're a Taurus you're 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 very slow and patient but like you're a kind person and but you're you're angry if you're provoked and she would tell me all these things and it meant like nothing to me when I was a kid um, and then as I started to get older um, I dated a lot of like Aries and Gemini like right in a row. And, and like the relationships were like super bombastic and emotional and like didn't end well. And I was just like, why is this not working? I keep 
gravitating towards air and fire signs. And I mean, obviously it's more complicated than that, but that was sort of what piqued my interest in like learning about what each sign represented and how the signs work together. And like, then I started noticing this weird like parallels of like, Oh, I don't work well with that person. And it's probably because they're a fire sign and Mm -hmm. like, we just, we can't work together and we can't understand each other at this like very basic level. Um, now, as I get older, I think like I'm a little bit more like well, there, there's also like personalities, <laughs> you know. Like, there's also there's also like nuances yeah. in personality, and there are also earth signs that I should get along with great that I don't get along with at all. Um, so it really runs the gamut. Um, but when it does happen, it can feel very profound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to start a new catchphrase because I've been getting sick of when we'll hear things and and even from our guests like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's always the thing we fall back on. But I want to start pushing more. The stars say it so. <laughs> it has a nice ring to it, right? Stars say it so. <laughs> yeah, it's already, it's already trending on Twitter right now. If yeah, you go I and check, yep. it's already I'm there. I'm looking at it right now. It's crazy. <laughs> We're trending. <laughs> Um, well, so, you know, to, to those points you were just making, you know, a lot of that, uh, most people, you know, know astrology from, you know, what's your sign, meaning what's your sun sign. I'm also curious, you know, do you, how, how deep, I guess, have you gotten into it in terms of like knowing, do you know, you know, your whole chart by heart? Is it really about like more about the big three for you or like kind of what's, what's your extent? Um, uh, I know Natalie's chart too, and uh, both of our Aries, or sorry, both of our Venus are in Aries. Um, like she's a Taurus moon, and she's an Aquarius rising, which like pairs well with my Libra rising. It's like yeah. air, air, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there's some things like that are, yeah, I, I do care about that stuff, and I also notice my own Libra rising and how it, it sometimes gets me into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and how it, it, it vastly differs from my Taurus son, which is like this very kind of like almost, um, like impossible to get me to talk versus the Libra, which is like the extremely chatty part of myself, I think. Yeah. And, and then the Sag moon being like the kind of, um, mutable thing. Like my emotions are actually, I I do feel like I can mute them in a, in a, in a cool way. Like I feel like when I'm in an argument with somebody, it doesn't, um, it doesn't explode in the way that a Taurus like is known to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but may, but again, these are just like things I've noticed about myself over the years. And like, I do ask people, you know, do you know your, do you know your whole natal chart? I've done it on tour. I've done people's charts on tour and been like, Oh, I like, and sometimes I'll, I will know already if someone's a Scorpio, which is really weird. Oh, uh, <laughs> speaking of Scorpios, you're a Scorpio. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. so is Devin. Our audio dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, pretty cool. So I'm dealing with all water here. No oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you me. have water in your chart? Uh, I don't, which is interesting because Natalie doesn't have any, Natalie doesn't have fire in her um, basic natal chart and I don't have water. Interesting. So sometimes we are like, oh, that's weird. Like we kind of complete each other in a way. Like I'm giving you the fire and you're giving me water. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fucking beautiful. 
It's pretty cool, right? That's a good way that to look is, at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we thought about that before. Um, <laughs> we thought about that before getting married. Oh, oh yeah, we thought we thought about that. And then there's also been sometimes when I'm collaborating with people, and like there's one of each sign, and that tends to work well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'll be in a four piece, and it's like, oh, there's one fire, one air, one earth, one water, and then like together we form Captain Planet. Exactly. You know? I'm so glad you made that joke because I was going to if you didn't. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, I, you know, you're, you're a funny guy. I think that I would also say is definitely your Sag Moon. Like, um, they're one of the more big spirited kind of extroverted, uh, to an extent funny. That's, those are all my associations. Really? Yeah. That's I'm a Sag Moon. I don't know. Oh, you are too. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Cause like my, my dad's a Sag and he's extremely funny, but I would also say that he is like extremely introverted too. Interesting. So, okay. so and I've and I've known some sages to be like pa- almost painfully introverted. So I'm now I'm curious about this, this is why it's so fun cuz everyone like has their own experiences right. with it. I mean, something like that too, I guess, you know, I will say like you were you said before of like sometimes it does just come down to, you know, specific personality versus yeah. <laughs> Well, you're a Pisces and so like I think it's interesting because pisces are like really perceptive usually and they're usually perceptive of things like how people present themselves um, uh, how people um project their emotions like natalie will always pick up on stuff that i do not pick up on she's like you didn't notice that like that guy was super uncomfortable at the party i'm like no he seems like he's in a great mood and she's like no i'm a pisces (laughs) i feel i feel it (laughs) yeah yeah i'm uh I'm annoying like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like you might be picking up on us. Like Sagittarius are also mutable. And I find that the Pisces not only get along with fellow water signs, but you also get along with fellow mutable signs. Like Geminis and Pisces tend to gravitate towards each other as friends. Yep. And, and same with Pisces and Sagittarius. Like that mutable quality. I also think this is why Taurus and Scorpio have this like polar opposite relationship where um, there's a tendency because we're both fixed to understand each other. But then like when it's bad, it's really bad. And when it's great, it's like the best thing in the world. So um, and, and I mentioned that because like almost every singer I've ever worked with is a Scorpio, which mm. is like really bizarre. And like when we're not when we're not on, it's like we're not on and when we're on it's like the best thing it's just really it's a really bizarre thing to me would you say you're the Taurus in your life that describes that as well um (laughs) when you're on you're on and when you're not it's yeah I guess so I haven't really been like I've never been with a Taurus so I don't know but um friends and such I would say yeah yeah. well shit I mean I don't know if you want to be our third co-host, Eric, if you have any interest um, when you're not too busy with all of your other more important and cooler stuff. But um. Oh, no, no, no. Nothing more important than this right now. Um, no, this is great. I'm, I'm really excited that uh, y'all are having me on because uh, I usually just ruin parties with this. So uh. <laughs> no, I don't. Ru- no, people are like, whoa, it, it is pretty cool. It's almost like having like a little superpower. So and then there's some of my friends who are like, she's a Gemini, and I'm a Capricorn, and we've been together for 40 years, and everything's fine. And I'm just like, wow, that seems strange, but I'm glad that it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just like scratch your head at some pairings, but I do. Work, so. I, I often do. Yeah. My girl, Susan Miller from astrology zone who always posts the horoscopes like eight days late. Um, <laughs> like, like the monthly horoscope. She's always like, I broke my back and I'm like, fuck I gotta wait like eight days. Cause she's my favorite one. And she has been eerily spot on every time. Like she even like, when the Taylor Swift stuff was happening, like in my uh, in my personal horoscope, it was like you're gonna get a really big call today, and I was just like, weird. That's weird that you knew Susan. But Susan also um, was the one where I read about. She has like a like a calculator on her website where it's like you put in your sign and your partner's sign, and there's like a full readout. And she b- heavily believes in the Pisces Taurus companionship, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, some people don't like, I, I've read, I've read a bunch of different like readouts of that. And there are some that are like, oh, you know, sometimes you get stuck in the mud, earth and water, you get stuck in the mud. <laughs> and I'm just like, Real original. doesn't every friendship and relationship get stuck in the mud at some point, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think on a base level, like the, the, the earth and water combination does understand each other. Like I love the cancers in my life. I love the Scorpios in my life. I love the Pisces in my life. Love them all. Big fan of water signs. Thank you. I also feel like they provide a thing that like fellow earth signs can't Mm. like, um, I feel like the water signs in my life are so rich with emotion that like sometimes the earth signs can feel a little cold. Sure. I, and I feel like Virgos and Capricorns often get pegged as like the cold signs where they're like very pragmatic and very like able to shut off their emotions and just be like, everything's fine. I'm fine. Whereas like if you are like a Pisces, a Cancer or a Scorpio has a problem, like it is known. <laughs> oh, yeah. For better or worse. Um, it, is no- it is known. The room knows. Well, and that's why I'd like to say that's exactly why you can't trust Virgos or Capricorns. But (laughs) 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 well, I've even said before, I tend to, you know, maybe and it's maybe I'm, you know, I'm causing it to happen subconsciously, but I don't get as long with Virgos or Capricorns as well. But Taurus out of the earth signs, that's usually where where I can connect pretty quickly. And I think, again, it's like it's it's back to like the the more like creative or artistic side that I think both both Pisces yes. and Taurus, you know, generally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I think like, if you want to get your taxes done, you know, like befriend a Virgo or a Capricorn. Exactly. If you, if you want, if you want some spreadsheets done by tomorrow, get, you get yourself a Virgo, you get yourself a Capricorn. <laughs> exactly. If you want to have a chill fucking time, you hang out with the earth sign that the first day of it is 420. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you notice that there's no, there's v- or rather very few like they released that serial killer zodiac thing recently where it's like how many ser- ser- how many serial killers are Tauruses and there's like none yeah yeah because we're like too busy eating <laughs> too lazy <laughs> we can't be killing we're, we're chilling I I was on a date recently where um they asked me this this girl was like also into astrology and she was like what what do you think um. Like if each sign was gonna be a one of the seven deadly sins, like which which would go with which? And I think Taurus definitely sloth. <laughs> oh yeah, I am the biggest sloth. Uh, I have to constantly fight it. Constant every day I wake up, I'm like, I gotta go run. I gotta go do something because like, if left to my own devices, I will sit on the couch all day 
eating frosted mini wheats out of the bag, no milk, watching like <laughs> some dumb, like dumb and dumber. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am so quintessential Taurus in that way that I, I do feel like I have to fight that. Well, at least you're self-aware about it. I think that's half the battle. <laughs> I think getting to know about astrology has made me, uh, I, I, I hope, a better person. Like becoming more aware of these tendencies and knowing how to, uh, like, especially the bad ones, the bad tendencies, the stubborn qualities or like not, Tauruses have a, or, you know, they, they traditionally have a problem with, like, letting things go. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, just being aware of that has helped me let go of so much stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. So, like, aware I think awareness is key. And then, like, I remember reading somewhere, like, that some astrologers call it, like, underdeveloped or, like, non-mature. Or, or they're like, a non-mature Taurus would do this, but a mature, like, a developed Taurus would do mm. this. Mm. Um, I've seen that a couple times, and I'm like, I can understand that like yeah it's like um sometimes with uh scorpios like if they're underdeveloped they might be like extremely like have extremely addictive personalities or like might have a drug problem or maybe there's like a uh like a gambling problem there's like usually some kind of addiction with scorpios and then also like uh scorpios are, are pro- usually like extremely wealthy i don't know if this is true is this true? I mean, both <laughs> Amy and Devin, you just described them both to a T. Oh, sure. You know, they're yeah. gamblers. I'm, they're... I'm broke living in New York. <laughs> but I'm saying, but you but you might be like, a, you are probably a more developed Scorpio because like, there are famous Scorpios who do have these issues. And I, maybe I'm just projecting this. Who the fuck knows? But um, <laughs> this is Scorpio I, slander. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I love Scorpios. No, but I'm like, kidding. It's, no, it's but you know, and I, I think like every sign has their uh, pros and cons, but yeah. you can cut this out if this is stupid. No, I, <laughs> I like where you're going because what's going to happen, and I think you probably know this, but you're going to go outside later and there's going to be just like a knife in your door with a note that's like, don't fuck with us, dash yeah. the Scorpios. <laughs> exactly. It's from Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> is a, he a Scorpio? A Scorp- He's a Scorpio, yeah. Oh, once you start going down the actor list, there's so many Scorpios, like Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Emma Stone. I mean, like super, super successful. Um, who? Uh, uh, what's the other guy? Ryan Gosling's a Scorpio. Oh, oh hell yeah! Um, like the people who are like top tier Scorpios. It's freaky, it. F- freaky. That is freaky. One of the hottest I signs. Johnny, too. I thought Johnny Depp might be one, but he's a Gemini. Oh, that makes sense. A lot of actors are also Gemini's. <clears throat> I know, I know, and a lot of like the greatest musicians of all time are Gemini's too. Like uh, people, because it's the creator. Sure. Like the Gemini's the creator. So like so many good Gemini musicians. Andre three thousand for one. Love that, that I can guy. Think of right off the top of my head. We should we we should be able to chime in right now because that's what the show is. But now I'm drawing a blank. I'm like, who was a fucking Gemini? Who was a Gemini? <laughs> uh, I feel oh, like um, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is a Gemini. She is. Yeah. And no one else really sounds like her. And nope. then she kind of created a whole thing. Yeah, she really did. Um, um, the great- oh, did you know that Bjork is a triple Scorpio? Bjork is a triple Scorpio? Yeah. For some reason, I thought she was on the Sag cusp. I think I thought her birthday was November 21st, but maybe she's not. I thought, she's on the, I thought she was on some crazy cusp. Hmm. I love Bjork, though. Can t- I will talk about Bjork all day. I right, can so just make let's... this a Bjork podcast. <laughs> maybe we should uh, start 
talking about the artists. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about let's it. Yeah. So let's start with, oh, actually one more thing. Sorry for, for you and your astrology. Um, we're curious. Notice that one of your EPs is called Bullfighter. Uh, uh, is yeah. that a Taurus reference? You know it. Okay. Love um, it. Did but it. I mean, it was like a double meaning thing. Like I wanted to make, I wanted to name something about being a Taurus, but then it kind of led me down this crazy path where I started researching the very first bullfighter from America and mm. he's Jewish. I'm also Jewish. And I started researching it and it was just like, it, it just kept giving me more and more material to work with, like from an aesthetic standpoint. And it was like the best so little happy accident. That's awesome. Yeah. I also, maybe I'm reading into it, but I also maybe took it to mean like, you know, since you are the bull, maybe like you're fighting yourself. Maybe there's like a little, little bit of inner conflict there and you're trying to work through some stuff on that EP. De- oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's a, it's not like the easy listening EP for <laughs> sure. I was definitely like digging deep into my family history and learning a little bit more about myself and then like sort of relating to this bullfighter character that like the actual, the, the person that the, um, the EP is actually about, uh, this guy, Sydney Franklin. Um, yeah. Oh, now we're getting so NPR. I'm going to get close to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, is that, is that, yeah, well, he's not on camera anymore either, but uh, Devin said that he's loaded. Um, <laughs> he, he says he has mostly gold and that I'll never find it. So this holds true to Scorpio's being wealthy AF. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, oh, cut, cut up on I've that read- mic, BB. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've read that, yeah, Scorpios are good at amassing wealth, so. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be rich AF. Yeah, Someday, it's, hopefully. It's because you don't trust anyone, so you're just, like, hoarding it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't dated a Scorpio before. What? <laughs> really? No, my my most intense relationship was with the Scorpio. So. Same with Natalie. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Not going down that road again. That's what she says. Pisces and Scorpio is not a good, <laughs> yeah. not a good thing. Oh, I love it. I love that you have the same, because usually Pisces and Scorpio, like, people say that they're, like, inseparable. Oh, no, but, like, my for my friends, some of my, like, Amy, Devin, like, some of my favorite people in the world are Scorpios. I'm just saying strictly from, like, a romantic standpoint. I've right. learned my lesson. <laughs> right. No, well, but still, like, even with romantic stuff, people say, like, it's a, a love that lasts forever. But, like, in Natalie's experience, and actually in some of my other Pisces friends' experience, they're like, never again. I'm too, I'm too sensitive for that. Well, this will be awkward if she's listening, but my ex who is Scorpio, <laughs> we, we are still in touch. Like, it's like, we, I would argue we're maybe even friends at this point, but, um, it's I definitely, like it's been a like on again, off again thing for multiple years. So <laughs> damn. Well, yeah, yeah. Th- that's what this podcast is all about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and anyone, you know, that finds this podcast as I'm back on the dating apps, they're going to hear this and be like, this fucking guy. <laughs> you could be with a Taurus or you know you have you have options Taurus cancer there's other options I mean, out there for you on surface not always the like immediate match but like you had mentioned earlier Gemini also mutable kind of they're usually funny I I definitely place a lot of uh, importance on having the same sense of humor as somebody that I like seriously date um so who knows who knows yeah all of what I'm saying you know 
hopefully I'm not making sweeping generalizations about entire groups of people. Oh my but, God. Um, That's all we're here to do, Eric. It's totally fun. <laughs> if you listen to okay, any of our episodes, cool. you know, we okay. get a new letter in the mail every day from, you know, this, you know, the, the, the Virgo association of America and, you know, this and that. And it's, you know, all, what? all my Virgo friends are going to cut me after this. They're going <laughs> to be like, what? I do spreadsheets. <laughs> no, I'm pretty one, sure I do more than spreadsheets, Eric. One Virgo I have to call out as being, you know, one of the best ones, uh, um, Sarah Potter, guest from a couple episodes ago. Um, she's incredible. She's a witch, um, and Hell she's yeah. a tarot reader. Um, she's one of the best that they. We got. talking. Wic- we're talking Wiccan. I guess so. Would she? Uh, maybe. Or is she going like full on witch? I think maybe more full on witch. She also practices specifically what she calls color magic. So a lot of like what has to do with like your aura and like things like that. That you know subconsciously colors have that influence. You know. Advertising, unfortunately, has taken advantage of that, like, McDonald's with the red and yellow. They find that, like, that oftentimes people, you know, associate that with good feelings, feeling hungry, yeah. or just feeling yep. happy in general. So that was no, like, you know, mistake on their end, so. Oh, I know. I thought about that a lot with the McDonald's uh, color scheme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, right? <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get into the songs. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, Captain Beefheart. Uh-huh. So first off, just like little history with with this artist and you, like, do you remember kind of how you came came across them, or you know, was it just you popped out of the womb and you know your parents were like Captain Beefheart? <laughs> well, when I when I was a teenager, I was really into Frank Zappa's music, and I kind of devoured anything that was related to Zappa, whether it was stuff that he put out on his label or things that he produced. And I was on my very first tour ever. I was in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I went to a CD shop. And I was like, oh, Captain Beefheart. I read that he uh, worked with Frank Zappa a lot. And, the, you know, the album is produced by Frank Zappa. So I, I bought it for, like, you know, a couple bucks and popped it in my CD player. And, like, it just completely freaked me out because it's really nuts. It's a really, really crazy record. Um, it's, like, almost impenetrable on how crazy it is. But, like... When I was 17 years old, it was just like the thing that I listened to every single day. And it's one of my all-time favorite records, even though like Natalie calls it like Eric's alone time music. Like it's not music we could, because like, because like when we're together, like we put on like Luther Vandross, <laughs> you know, like or oh, we yeah. put on like um, Brazilian music or things that are really relaxing. But like Captain Beefheart is like the antithesis of relaxing. It's like totally brainy crazy people music and then like it was a gateway drug for a lot of other stuff too like i discovered deer hoof through captain beefheart because i read that they really like beefheart and that makes a lot of sense oh, hell yeah. I love um deer and it just opened me up to this whole world of musicians that i i really admire that's awesome yeah and i mean how can you not like an artist with that cool of a name right <laughs> that's right and and dr dog actually named or you know allegedly named after a captain beefheart song so um oh. called dr dark which is on the follow-up record to trout mask replica um fun fact not a lot of people know that dropping it in the interview hot tip shit thanks man here um but we're gonna lead with that's alleged that's alleged i I still can't get a straight answer out of anybody okay wow well we will that will be the headline of this episode so we will thank you you yeah we we gotta sell it (laughs) (laughs) i love it so so Captain Beefheart is a Capricorn mm-hmm. with a Leo moon, and he's cancerizing. 
Wow. Yeah. The Capricorn sun really surprises me. And maybe this is just kind of going again and, and labeling them like unfun, you know, unfairly. But, you know, the classic things with Capricorn, you know, serious, very methodical, honors rules and traditions a lot of the time. I like to call them the cop sign. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but but definitely. then, but this guy, you know, come on, on the surface, kind of the opposite of all of those things that I just said, at least, at least from my viewpoint. But I mean, knowing him, you know, better, him being one of your favorite artists, like, are you surprised by, by the Capricorn son? No, and I, I did know that he was a Capricorn son, um, but I didn't know that he was a Leo moon, which strikes me because I'm a Sag moon, and I wonder if that's also why I gravitated towards it, because it's like, Earth, Earth, fire, fire. Yeah. Uh, the Cancer rising makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, uh, I agree. And, and, and I wonder if that's like, because Captain Beefheart is a stage persona, so I wonder if like all of that great like Cancer emotion and like um, creativity and also just like uh, like kind of a hard shell with a gooey center, you know? that That's what I think of with Cancers. Yep. And um, I think Captain Beefheart is very much exemplified by that. And also maybe that Leo's son is helping him be like this um, taskmaster leader type. Leos are often like in that leader position. Right. Potentially like a little bit insecure, but like, uh, but usually good at corralling people, which he was really good at doing, uh, corralling great musicians. Sure. So that chart does make sense. I wonder if the Capricorn son was maybe just his private life and maybe um, yeah. that that's the sort of organized nature of what he does is uh, in his sun sign. It's cool. I think uh, it sounds like the stars say it so. <laughs> yes, the stars, the stars say, say it so. so. Hell yeah. It's, that's trending now, too. This is unbelievable. Uh-huh. Thank you uh-huh. again for coming on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was a great analysis. Yeah, I mean... It's really... I just want to say, it's really yeah. great to have somebody on that, like, gets it oh, nice. more than we do. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I just started to laugh. I was like, somebody knows what they're talking about for once. This is great. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, again, I think about this all the time. And with somebody like Captain Beefheart, he's in my top... 10 musicians of all time like you brought up bjork bjork's also in my top 10 like if i could make music that sounded like a cross between captain beefheart and bjork i would but i don't know how to do that quite yet and i don't think i ever will because they're both on that they're on that level of like being five steps ahead of everybody else and it can like it can kind of um you know benefit them in the long run but maybe when they put out records it can really beguile people and confuse people like there are certain Bjork records like Vespertine that when I heard them immediately, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. This is like a visionary record and all the songs are amazing. And then there's like records like Volta, which took a lot longer to understand. Mm-hmm. And like looking back on them, I'm like, whoa, that was ahead of its time. But when it came out, I might have been a little bit confused by it. Same with Beefheart. Like Beefheart's very much like that for people. Yeah. And and when, when he came out, like nobody bought it. Nobody understood understood it like i mean he was on warner brothers like it's crazy to even think that yeah an artist like that was on warner brothers a major label right i think well comparing those two both have the the water there in the top three so i think that's probably where that kind of just wild card to an extent nature comes from that's true i also you brought up bjork being a triple scorpio and i'm like that blows my mind because i think of bjork as being so herself that like 
you like there's no changing it mm. like she's so herself yeah like when i hear bjork sing i'm like you immediately know it's bjork and like aesthetically you know it's bjork and you like everything about it like her identity is so strong so it's really crazy to hear that she's a triple sign like that is really cool for me to hear yeah valid valid validates my thoughts good Good. And, um, you know, the next episode we put out is actually going to be the episode where, where she's covered. Um, so check that one out. Oh, no, no, no. I, I wanted to be, cause, uh, yours will come out after. So, you know, for our loyal fans that kind of keep up with every episode, they'll get kind of, you know, that extra. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Bjork talk. Exactly. Welcome. Welcome back to Bjork talk here. If there's Um, anyone worthy of more talk. (laughs) Welcome back to Bjork talk here. I'm Sven and we're here with, uh, Ami. (laughs) Uh, and we have Eric. Hello, Eric. Uh, yeah, Heinrich. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's um, better. <laughs> well, what, I mean, either way. I mean, have you ever been to Iceland? I wish. Maybe in my dreams I have. As a Pisces. if you ever go, you're like, oh yeah, I get why. I get it. Like, I get Bjork now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably why I'm gonna have to make a trip out there. <laughs> you got to do it. It's incredible. It's one of the most incredible places in the world. Um, anyway, so all right, yeah. should we move well, on to the next one? Well, yeah. um, I actually, before we do, just we wanted to ask like you ahead of time, like a song of theirs, you know, that that we will check out the show notes, listeners. We're gonna link out to everything we talk about in the episode anyway. But um, you'd chosen for Captain Beefheart, "Steal Softly Through Snow," and so just a couple of things here where you know we were trying to pick out, you know, how the top three. You could even maybe see it through some of the lyrics of this song. First of all, maybe one of the best slam poetry songs of all time. <laughs> Beefheart is kind of slam poetry. I'm glad you brought that. I brought that to my attention. Yeah, he kind of is. I mean, and that's to me. And you were saying with the um, you know stage persona that the rising the social mask. That's that's cancer AF right there. Like just poetic as shit, and like just doing it. And like you, you're like, is there? Are they okay? But then yeah. they just keep going. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <laughs> he wrote all the lyrics to Trout Mask allegedly in eight hours while on an acid trip. So yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't know what this guy looks like, definitely Google him. Pause the episode. Go Google him. Come back. You'll be like, okay, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and just generally with the song, you know, it points out all these things about nature. It's coming from, you know, as we now know, uh, Earth sign for for sun. So that that nature and earthiness there. And also, you know, Capricorns can be sometimes a little self-serious, a little gloomy. And um, the lyrics, a lot of it is is them just kind of being like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And he did deeply care about nature and the environment and was really concerned about the destruction of the environment. Kind of, you know, at a point when not a lot of other people were singing about that. Yeah, he really did care about environmental issues, and he cared about like uh, animal, you know, animals and all that stuff. Wow. Well, we uh, failed you, Captain Beefheart. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't all right. couldn't get in contact with Captain Planet fast enough. I guess exactly, exactly the other <laughs> captain. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think yeah. Let's move on to to Kate Bush now. Yeah. The one, the only. Oh my God, the queen! Um, yeah, so queen. she, so Kate is a Leo sun, mm-hmm. uh, Aquarius moon, and then as always, when we are looking this stuff up over the over the internet, sometimes there's conflicting things. So I'm going to say she is possibly a Scorpio rising. 
One、mm. place I checked just didn't have anything in the Ascendant.、Uh, another place had this. So we'll say maybe Scorp Rising, but definitely Leo Sun, Aquarius Moon. Well, that makes sense.、Uh, Leo Sun, she has that, the lionine kind of like. I mean, she could be a, a lion with the, the, the big hair. I always think about Kate Bush with the big hair.、Uh, Aquarius Moon, I think Aquariuses are extremely perceptive, but also like they can kind of be like quirky. My sister's an Aquarius and she has like blue hair and like nose piercings and crazy tattoos. And I think like she also has a tendency to like. Not be afraid to say things that other people, you, you know what I mean? Oh, like, totally. Like, Everything you're、say. saying. Yep.、Um, so, her Aquarius Moon, like Kate Bush's lyrics are very, like, they can be almost like kind of confrontational in a way. And, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.、Um, <laughs> like, um, but confrontational in like a really beautiful way where it's like extremely. Like, she, like, like, proto, like, like, early feminist stuff, too. Like, a lot of the things she, she's singing about in the songs are like topics that other people wouldn't sing about. Like, I think of her and Joni Mitchell as like being on the, in the forefront of like talking about empowerment when not a lot of, not a lot of women did, you know? Yeah. And so, like, Kate Bush, the queen, for that, for those reasons alone, I mean, like. Right. And, and, and then also innovating. Sure. And, and, you know, speaking of her as like in terms of royalty, like that's that Leo son is like she's the queen of the pride, too. <laughs> totally.、Um, totally. And I also feel like she only did one tour. Like, and it was like she only did one tour for her first record. And after that, she was like, I'm never going on tour ever again. And she didn't until she didn't play shows until a couple years ago.、Uh, she did like a run at the Royal Albert Hall.、Damn. But like, I find that so Leo to be like, I, I'm no, I'm not touring because, like, <laughs> like it's it, unless it's like exactly the way I, I need it to be, like, then we're not doing it. And I'm going to focus all my energy into making records and to making cool music videos and being an innovator in another way because, like, I, I'm not going to do that. And、yeah. I think that, like, Leo's the Leo's in my life have a tendency to be like all or nothing. Yeah. I've、um, seen that too for, for some of my Leo friends. So, so I wonder, I wonder if that's playing into it too. And then, so the Scorpio rising is interesting because, like, there's also that fiercely romantic part、mm. of her music.、Um, especially, like, I mean, there's a freaking record called Hounds of Love, you know? <laughs> like, it's,、yeah. and it's a record that's like about being fiercely in love with somebody. And I wonder. You know, that's an album. That's a, that's a projection of her personality. So maybe the Scorpio Rising has something to do with the Hounds of Love. Could I, be. I definitely see that. I would also argue, too,、um, with what you're saying about you know, her only doing that one, one tour for the first record and then being like, that's it. That's a very mysterious kind of Scorpio move, too. That's like totally classic. Like, totally. I'm just going to do this and then just recede back into the darkness. Well, when you said that, like, It kind of reminded me of Frank Ocean. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's Scorpio. Because he's somebody who like, needed to have things just so in order to do his tour. And Scorpios in my life are like that too. So maybe, it, yeah, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe it is more of a Scorpio trait than a Leo trait.、Um, that's a good point. But also, just like 
the Leo putting the foot down too might have something to do yeah. with it too. I can oh, see yeah. those can yeah can conjoining yeah, and yeah, converting yeah. converging yeah. there. We got a little bit of, we got like a little bit of a dash of Leo, a dash of Scorpio, and then Aquarius in the middle. <laughs> Aquarius just like over in the corner, like dancing and singing to their, to herself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the Leo Scorpio uh, conjunction there, that's a don't fuck with me combo. <laughs> Definitely. That, Indeed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're gonna get stung or bit, (laughs) (laughs) or or mauled. You're gonna get mauled, or or have water poured on you if you're Aquarius. Yeah, there you go. Burying that water, (laughs) which is so weird that 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 it's a Aquarius is an air sign. Yeah. I mean, I know. at the same time, it makes sense, but just naming, no. like, the language of it, you know, aqua is in the word. <laughs> Almost every Aquarius I've ever talked to is like, I'm a water sign, I'm an Aquarius. I'm like, no, no, oh no. No, you are not. Well, that's, you're bearing, you're yeah. bearing water for the Pisces to swim. Yes. And thank you for that. For I, I oh, no, On behalf of all Pisces, I thank Aquarians. <laughs> um, well, that's also funny because a lot of Scorpios I've talked to that aren't as into astrology... Um, which is a classic Scorpio thing to an extent, I'm like, oh, I thought I was a fire sign. <laughs> and I'm like, well, out of the water signs, Scorpios are definitely, they're almost moonlighting as uh, water yes. signs, I feel like. <laughs> yes, for sure. That, and it's also funny because like, I think about a Scorpio, I think about a scorpion in the desert. I don't think about a scorpion in the water. Absolutely. But, like, yeah. but they're a water sign. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Can't change the rules now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sorry. Um, so for the song that you chose for, for Kate, suspended in uh, gaffer? Yeah. Like, ga- like gaffer's tape. Oh, but, uh, of course. Yeah. Suspended in gaffer. But I think she was being <laughs> kind of funny. I think she was being kind of cheeky with that. Cause it was like, she's not going to call the song suspended in gaffer. It doesn't really sing as well as gaffer. And also like, yeah, very British, a very British thing to do. Um, oh, like, like am I suspended up. in gaff tape? Yeah. Like she was, she was also really into theater. So I wonder if her not, and like, I wonder if her knowledge of like gaff tape being something that like people backstage used, um, w- was playing into the lyrics a little bit, but it's a song about doubt. It's a song about self doubt mm. and, uh, wondering if like, I, I know a lot of the songs on that record, the dreaming are about like doubt of like, am I, am I good enough? Am I creative enough? Um, is what I'm doing even worth doing? Mm. And so, so I think the the chorus of suspended in Gaffa is suddenly my feet are feet of mud. It all goes slow-mo, which I also think is really cool that she used slow-mo yeah. that long ago in yeah. a lyric. It all goes slow-mo. I think that's really cool. It, it is. It all goes slow-mo. Uh, and then what's the next lyric? Uh, I don't know why I'm crying. Am I suspended in gaffa? Like, why am I, cr- why am I crying about my yeah. self doubt? Am I like wrapped up in tape? Am I stuck? Mm. And then not till I'm ready for you, which I don't know. What, I don't know what that really means, but song rules. It does. It does. And like j- just even the composition and, and how it's arranged and stuff. Like to me, really yells like Aquarian in that it's kind of this like kind of weird like freak waltz classical the the piano part like I I definitely was like oh immediately struck by that like kind of beautiful independent weirdo you know thing that I usually associate with with Aquarians yeah for sure and I think like her voice is so high in that song Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like 
I okay. I also have a theory. I have a theory <laughs> that air signs have like the highest voices. And it's like they have a lot of air. They move a lot of air. And I, when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, like Aquarius think about it. Aquarius is like a D'Angelo, extremely high, incredible voice. Yeah. Um Andy Schauf. Oh, Gemini, love, him. love him. Extremely high, beautiful flute like voice. Yeah. So um this is this is my insane theory. No, I and buy I, into this theory. Um our I'm last guest to it. Our last guest from last week, um, good friend of mine, um, goes by the name Heriner, his project, um, beautiful angel voice, and he's a Libra. How about that? So that adds to your theory. It sticks. (laughs) Oh, Paul McCartney, Gemini. High, beautiful high voice. Beautiful high voice. Oh, yeah. Paul? Tauruses tend to have, like, lower, sort of, like, chunky voices. Or, or like, they have, like, really throaty voices, because Taurus is ruled by the throat. yeah. Yeah, um, but I, so like Ella Fitzgerald, Stevie Wonder, those are Taurus singers. I mean, Stevie has an incredibly high voice, but like he no, also but has he a can, lot of yeah. But he has a he has like a lot of grit to his voice, right? Too. I think with with your speaking voice, I definitely hear you know the lower the lower end. But like, I think you have like kind of a very nice like mid mid range for for your your singing voice. That's pretty pretty versatile. Hey, thanks. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> I was doing vocal. I was doing vocal warm ups this morning. Oh. I, I like. Well, I mean, when you marry Natalie Press, who's one of the best singers alive, uh, <laughs> she kind of kicked my butt. Like when I first started writing, when I first started writing songs around her, she's like. Too high, too low, wrong range. I'm just like, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> no, no, but like she's right. I mean, yeah. she she's been singing since she was a kid. So yeah, she and she's also pointed out, you know, all these things to me, like do this, don't do that, sing the mic, sing on the mic like this. No one can understand you. You know, things like that. Hey, helpful. Pisces queen. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Seriously, I I also am a singer, so if she ever wants to give me singing lessons or anything, <laughs> she'll just she'll just be like, "Don't do that. Do this." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes that's all I need. Just a little, I know, little push I know. out the door. I, I had to get used to it because I, I at first I was it was like no one had ever really talked to me like that, <laughs> and then I started to really love it because I was just like, "Okay, she's telling the truth all the time. This is great. I love it." Yeah, because we feel so bad when we lie. Yeah, Pisces are the worst liars. Like, we can do it, but then it's immediately like, no, I'm so sorry. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, actually, I lied. (laughs) (laughs) Tauruses are generally honest, but we don't feel bad about it. Mm, (laughs) We're just like, mm -hmm. this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why... And I'm mad, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> See you tomorrow. See, we'll talk about it tomorrow because that's how long it takes for me to process it. <laughs> I feel like we're getting a we're getting a great glimpse into your relationship. <laughs> oh man, no, no, we're we're as good as gold. She's in Ohio right now, so oh bless. Um, I I feel like if she were here, she'd just be cackling the whole time. She'd be like, oh god. <laughs> Here you, here you go on your astrology again. Listen, we'll be kind in the edit room. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last thing I did want to just say, though, about suspended in GAFA uh, is uh, there was a couple lines that stood out to me as being pretty like Leo. Um, uh-huh. One of them, uh, I caught a glimpse of God all shining and bright. 
you know, just that, you know, the sun being the ruler of Leo and, you know, just kind of being elevated, you know, being, I'm just picturing her being suspended, you know, in the gaff, you know, just looking up at the sun and, you know, associating the sun with God to an extent. Um, Very like Icarus. Exactly. Yes. Totally. Yes. Man, I didn't even know that that was one of the lyrics. And now I got to Now I want to go back and read because like I just started working on a next record and I'm like trying to look at lyrics for inspiration. So Kate, but, but I've looked at Kate Bush for inspiration sometimes. And sometimes it's like so hard because first of all, her lyrics are incredible, but also like they're really abstract. Yeah. And so like they're, for like in the songwriting classes that I've done, there's like, there's like songwriters who are great to learn from, you know, and then there are some that you're just in awe of. Yeah, and like I would put Kate in the like I'm in awe of category, whereas like there are more pragmatist songwriters, like um, like even Joni Mitchell mm-hmm. is like a is like a, an amazing mixture of both. Like I'm in awe of Joni Mitchell, but there's also a lot to learn from her songwriting, and there's also like definitive couplets and like um form to her music like so much there's so much form to her music whereas kate kate's music has a little bit less form to me and some of the song structures are so crazy that i'm just like whoa yeah it's almost like unteachable yeah so it's so beautiful yeah because I feel like with her, it would be like, you know, back in like math class when you're asked to like show your work, like if you said that to her, she'd be like, what? No, I just got there. Like, I, that's just, yeah. that's the answer. I have an, a- I have an yeah. answer and I'm like way ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and one other line too, to mention that again, to me, it seems very Leo is in that like kind of proud sense, maybe sometimes arrogant sense of, can I have it all now? Oh yeah, Totally. Totally. Can I have it all now? Give me it all. I want yep. it all. And in uh, this case, yes, Kate, you're you are you are the best. So yeah. You can totally have it all. You can you rule. <laughs> way, to go, way to go, Kate Bush. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. That slow-mo thing that you pointed out, that's a really cool thing. Cause yeah, who was even talking about, you know, the, this was years before the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Or like thinking about your life going in slow motion, but like that was still a relatively new concept. I mean, what would what's the what's the uh, analogy today you know like singing about ai or something i don't know yeah maybe suddenly i'm in ai <laughs> suddenly i'm an oculus <laughs> hey you were talking about wanting lyrics for the next album maybe write a song about oculus that's kind of cool. oh dear no no <laughs> i'm too afraid i'm too afraid all right well you know maybe it's a demo then yeah it's a demo <laughs> uh i think that's perfect lead into um let's just let's get to the i to me this was the person i was most excited to talk to about was is the one and only todd rundgren yep, yep. so todd is a cancer sun mm-hmm. a capricorn moon mm-hmm. and then possibly due to the internet a virgo rising whoa yeah so double earth yep yep yeah and cancer i i knew he was a cancer um Tauruses and Cancers get along pretty well in conversation. And um, I did an interview with him back in February. And I was so nervous to talk to him. And once we started talking, I felt totally at ease. Not only because he just talks at you. And everything he's saying is like the most interesting thing you've ever heard. (laughs) Um, But he's also just like, he's kind of a crab. You know, like he's he's a little crab. He's a little crabby. And he's a little bit like... 
well, I did this and then it didn't work and fuck that. And so then I did this other thing and I invented he like people don't realize how much he has done for not only the music industry, but just like for technology, like he invented the Wacom tablet. I don't know if you, anyone knew that. Wait, no, what? Yeah, like what? the tablet for a computer that you can draw on. Yeah, that's him. He created it with Apple back in like 1978. Damn. Okay, Tom. The very first version of the Wacom tablet. You can look it up too. It's like totally all checked out. He invented um, an early version of a streaming service. And then he inv- he um, invented Patreon. Uh, he was the first person to start. A pa- it was called It was called like um, Patron or something. Like it was it was. They totally ripped off the idea, but like he had the first Patreon back in 1998 and it was like a pay service and he would send out demos and outtakes and stuff like that. So he's visionary. Um, but it's interesting because like all of his signs are not things I would consider visionary. Sure. Like everyone, th- I, what I actually thought Todd was a Gemini for the longest time because I was like, Oh, it would make sense that he's a Gemini. He's got like, Really, he dyes his. He was dying his hair purple back in the seventies, and like looked like a looked like a damn like fish up there. You know, he had like he was wearing like polyester scales and stuff and face paint. Um, but I just think he's a brilliant person. Um, extremely, extremely watery, but like yeah, crabby. But yeah, I'm surprised. I would be curious if there's any of his signs in air because he is so innovative. Yeah. And usually doing stuff way before other people are doing it. I'm just like floored by all of that. Like, that's so cool. I don't know why they didn't get him to replace, um, what's his face? Uh, <laughs> Apple guy, not Tim Apple. They replaced him with Tim, Tim Apple. Apple. Tim Apple. <laughs> we got to get rid of Tim Apple. We got to get Todd Rundgren in there. Uh, yeah. Oh, I Steve mean, Jobs. Who... Wow. I can't believe I just fucking forgot. Steve no, Jobs. Tim Apple. Yeah. Uh, um, they should uh, get Todd in there. Todd needs to be the new CEO of Apple. Well, I you know, I think he often gets consulted for ideas because he's usually right about stuff. Like yeah. he knew back in the um he knew he knew Napster was going to be a thing and he was also really adaptive. So I I wonder if it's not even so much about innovation but just like his adaptability. Okay. Uh, he's he's extremely like go with the flow and water signs tend to be more go with the flow than earth signs. Yeah. Um Definitely. And, um, yeah, so I, I wonder if that might be a part of it. Also, the song that I gave you is Time Heals, and it's a song about, like, healing your emotions, which mm-hmm. I think is a very cancer. Oh, my thing. God, yeah. So so cancer to be like, we can you can heal your emotions and, like, just put it out there, you know? Yeah, and, like, just even some of the, I, like, love some of the imagery um, that he draws, like, in the lyrics. Like, it's, the song opens with, if you're bleeding, then everyone can see you're bleeding. That, what the fuck, that's cancer. Like, that should, if you look up what a cancer is in the dictionary, it should just be that quote. <laughs> exactly. If you're bleeding, everyone can see you're bleeding. Like, it's, pra- it's practical, but it's also just, like, it's poetic in a really <sighs> fun way. It is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love Todd. Big Todd fan. What a cool um, guy. I love that he um, was so involved with a Bad Out of Hell. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Bad Out of Hell, the band Stage Fright. I mean, he's he's also produced a lot of stuff that people don't know he was involved with. XTC. Uh, he produced Love My Way by Psychedelic Furs. Damn. Like he, I actually didn't he, know that. Yeah. And that's, I feel like, why I like that song so much. And why so many people like that song. And I, I think... 
you know, it's just a matter of time. Like I, I felt like when um, the Tame Impala record came out, Lonerism, like everyone was like, whoa, this really sounds like Todd Rundgren. This really sounds like Wizard of True Star. And he acknowledged it. And then he remixed uh, Tame Impala's Elephant. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he started to have a resurgence a couple years ago because for a while I felt like Todd was sort of relegated to like the dollar bin. You know, I felt, I felt yeah. like he was considered just like AM radio dude, but in actuality, like he has always been super adventurous, super ahead of the, the curve musically. And like, I get, I guess the thing that I'm thinking of is like, maybe the thing that's rooting him down a little bit is like his music is forward thinking, but it's never like, um, so far out that you can't yeah. grasp it. Yeah. Whereas like sometimes with Gemini's or maybe air signs and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, like, it's so far out that it takes years, whereas with Todd, it's like, everything is still pretty, like, accessible. It's just that the technologies he's using are pretty, you know, state-of-the-art. Yeah, that's a good point. I also feel like, um, for a while, like, you know, and this isn't the case anymore, after, like, Vaporwave and all that shit, but, like, 80s, the sound of the 80s for a while was, like, kind of, you know, people were like, that's goofy, that's too, like, cheesy to an extent, but, like, I feel like maybe some of his resurgence in popular culture has just been around 80s fashion coming back, a lot of 80s production, and a lot of, like, pop music. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, that doesn't surprise me, the, the Tame Impala comparison, too, there. Um, yeah, just so much good music that he's got his hands in. Sparks, I mean, he, mm. he discovered the band Sparks. So, uh He's he's one of my heroes, I, I, and he's also from Philadelphia. I'm from Philadelphia, so like, we gotta lift Todd up as much as we possibly can. Hey, Philly, you live there. I know you're, now you're wearing too. a mannequin shirt, mannequin, <laughs> mannequin pee. Pussy. Yeah, mannequin. Kitty. She's a Virgo. Yeah, she is. I'm totally from New Jersey, a Virgo. so I'm not a. I know Philly. <laughs> I, I grew Great up place. with her drummer Kayleen. Oh, cool. Um, so I've known Kayleen for like since Kayleen was like eleven, which is crazy to even think about. Wow, yeah. And you were I've always been that good. And you were five on the drums, right? That was what right. <laughs> yeah, no, but like Kayleen has always been that good at the drums. Like I've never known her to not be absolutely destroying at the kit. Like it is, it's always been insane to watch. And the fact that like she's really found her thing with that band is the shit. Yeah, big fan. That's awesome. Yeah, same here. And you're still yeah. living in Philly, right? No, oh, I live not? in Nashville. Oh, you're in Nashville. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm in the I'm in Music City, Country Town, Nashville. Yeah, what? Every, yeah. Oh, Nashville. Nashville. No, no, yeah, but I did live in Asheville for one year. Uh, but no, uh, we live in Nashville. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm East Coast all the way, so it's like I, I'm constantly having to uh, compromise what I want versus you know. With the way my life is going, so right, yeah. Well, I'm does it maybe put you in touch easier with you know some other musicians down there, or have you found oh, that? I mean, that's the reason I'm yeah. here, okay. I mean, yeah. that is the only reason, you know. Um, I think like moving here was sort of a a calculated, like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll play with more musicians if we live here, and um, we have a studio in the back, which is awesome, and I get to write back there, which is like something that I definitely wouldn't be able to get living in a big city. So it, it is nice um, to have that kind of space here. But I'm East Coast all the way. You know, I'm, I have an East Coast heart. And I, I think, like, 
I'm still getting used to it down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it being yeah, a very long different. adjustment period. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm even just thinking, like, uh, you know, as as a tourist, like, that that kind of grit that is associated with the, you know, Northeast especially is, like, a very Earth sign kind of centric. Uh, yes, it is. I think so. I, I, I definitely feel that way. And I feel, like, when I get plopped into a, a city like Philly, um, I immediately feel at home. But I also think that is chalked up to the fact that I grew up in the city. So Sure, like, yeah. I'm just, I'm a city kid all the way. Cool. Well, I mean, was there anything else with just Todd? I mean, one thing I wanted to mention, I know you, you cover, um, you know, one of his songs officially, you have a recorded cover. Um, it's, is it Time Heals? I'm sorry that I, I I made No, no, I I covered Can We Still Be Friends, which is one of his most covered songs. Uh, love that song. No, that's a great song. it, It honestly just started as an exercise to see if I could cover it. It was like, can I do this? And then... It was really fun to uh, see how that all played out. Yeah, and were you able to like? Um, I'm not sure of the timing, but that was already out that as a single before you interviewed him, right? Or, or... wait, what? I missed that last thing you said. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, were you able to talk to him about covering his song, or did that happen in the reverse order? Did you cover it after you had spoken to him? Yeah, I covered the song, and then Talk House asked me to do an interview with him, and uh, I had the hardest time just not shitting my pants uh, <laughs> up, and, uh, up until then, but I'm really happy I got to talk to him. Yeah. Did he, like, was he like, oh, I would have done this different, or, or was he, like, nice about it? <laughs> uh he didn't say i brought up that i covered it and i feel like he didn't even acknowledge it which i i'm totally fine with <laughs> yeah so. maybe that's better ultimately <laughs> yeah i was like i don't want you to hear yeah, it you don't need to hear yeah. like critique yeah from todd no yeah. no <laughs> I, if i'm lucky i'll get to work with him someday but that's if i'm that's if i'm lucky so Aww. uh anyway so yeah that's 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 the todd thing cool <laughs> um so yeah any other questions for me or what else well one thing we you know it's fine and we went a little out of order but um one thing we just like to and this gets back to more just music generally but um i always like to ask our our guests like just music wise in general have you been listening to anything that's new to you not necessarily like newer music that just came out but just music you've come across recently that's you know just been an earworm Ooh, well let me look at my spotify Oh yeah, uh, I've been listening to fart music. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Um, here, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll play a little bit here. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So this is gonna. We're getting a preview of the of the new album, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I really. This is what I like. Um, so there's that. Um, that's what I listened to. Uh, that's, that's what I listened to yesterday. Um, no, but I've actually been listening to a ton of Sparks because I just watched the documentary. Um, so like, and Sparks is actually pretty new to me. Like I, it, I, I would even think that I would have heard them before, but I just never did a deep dive and I've been listening to a ton of Sparks. Um, I've actually been listening to the last P-Funk record. Like I like checking out when a legacy artist puts out a new record and P-Funk put out an album called Medicaid Fraud Dog that is actually fucking awesome. Um, I discovered the Flying Lizards the other day. They do that cover of Money. Um, like, that's Money, that's what I want, but it's, like, really weird and kind uh-huh. of, like, abstract. Um, 
and then um yeah the the pop group i i like like a lot of late 70s early 80s stuff because it's like a hits a sweet spot for me where like it's usually a real band playing but then there's some element that's unusual like synthesizer or tape loops or something and it's all usually like stuff that's recorded in late 70s early 80s is like pretty janky yeah so i just i like when things are like not perfect and like really playful um and todd's stuff is like that too like there's actually a lot of stuff if you listen closely where you're like that's pretty that sounds pretty weird and doesn't fit but i like it it works like yeah it doesn't it doesn't fit on paper but right. it works in the music so I, yeah and then as of uh, new stuff it's harder for me to find new stuff that like immediately grabs me but there's this artist L, I don't know how to pronounce it but it's L apostrophe rain I'm listening L- to her too yeah I, I don't know how to pronounce it either I was like thinking about it for the podcast because I was gonna but, bring it up but she's amazing and like Actually, her music kind of captures um, that same thing that I'm talking about, where like there's all these really grainy tape loops happening, but then there's also like, like it feels like it's falling apart, but then there's also like this incredible voice mm-hmm. going on. I love that. Um, so it's hard for me to be impressed, but that really impressed me. And I was really like, oh shit, this is like the wave of the future, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I got to so check I love that out. That, the, new, the new Lamb Chop record is really amazing in that way, too. Um, so love that cool i feel like last friday uh june 25th uh there were like at least like nine or ten records that you know i don't know if i'm gonna go back and repeatedly listen to all of them but that were at least like i had tilted my head like oh okay um so there's a couple uh ones i definitely want to call out um home video lucy dacus's new album excellent love her songwriting i i think like lyrically um it's a lot about like her just kind of coming to terms with like being, you know, realizing she was gay, but gr- growing up in a very like religious community and stuff like that. And um, it's just, it's great stuff. Um, Tyler, the creator's new album, Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, he just keeps getting better. Um, it's it's really annoying, honestly, uh, <laughs> but I, I love him. Um, Faye Webster, um, I Know I'm Funny, Haha, which is a great album name. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Can't then, cancer, and exactly. Uh, and then, last but certainly not least for me, um, the the new hiatus Coyote album is just uh, mood valiant is incredible and frustrating in how like good it is. And I I try to especially from their singer Napalm like try to take like singing you know notes from her, and I'm just like this is so frustrating. Like I will never be this good, but I'm gonna you know fly fly towards the sun and see what happens. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got to check that out. I feel like she's a Taurus, too. And I know Lucy Dacus is a Taurus, but for a fact. I know that for a fact. That makes sense. Um, she seems like but, one. But two of, the, two of my uh, members of my band, Lithuania, also are now in Lucy's band. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's awesome. Um, fellow Taurus. I feel like Hiatus Kaido is a Taurus, too. Uh, phase of Cancer, and that is all I know. Oh yeah, Tyler. Tyler, the creator, is a Pisces, right? He is. I do know that. Yes, he is a total Pisces. Yes. Yeah. When we watched his tiny desk, Natalie was like Pisces. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I love Tyler. And with, I think a super Pisces thing about him as well is 
you know, people forget Pisces is the third of the duality signs. You know, obviously Gemini is, obviously Libra is, but it's two fish. It's the twin fish for Pisces. So with Tyler, oh. he's always a different character from album to album. He's always changing his persona up a little bit. So oh. he's definitely a man of many, you know, faces and, and many uh, sounds even. So that's something so I always slippery. like about We're him. Slippery. Oh, we slippery. are a slippery, slippery bunch. We are a slippery yep. bunch. You got to watch out. Uh okay good to know amy Um, how about you well that's amazing great i mean we kind of just covered like everything like i've been listening to tyler uh l rain lorraine um, oh, you know, I was really pleasantly surprised talking about um, kind of legacy bands that put out newer newer records. Modest Mouse's new record, The Golden Casket, you know, I think I wasn't really expecting much, to be honest, just because it's such a late in the career record. But I was really, I was pleasantly surprised. They have, the first song is Fuck Your Acid Trip, it's called, and fucking great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. So if uh, you've ever liked them, uh, listeners or Eric, um, check, <laughs> check that record out. It's fun. Is there Definitely anything uh, anything you want to plug, Eric? Uh, Dr. Dog Last Tour happening this fall. Eric Slick solo record coming at some point. Um, and uh, I think you should leave by Tim Robinson comes out on Tuesday. So oh, yeah. watch that. <laughs> you are a saint because thank you for reminding me that's coming because I've watched the original one way too many times now. So yeah, I was I thinking need... about watching it today. Oh. Um, just to get just to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Bless that man. Yes. <laughs> and um, in terms of you know social media or your website or like what's the best way to like for people to keep up with you? You can go to ericslick.com Instagram.com backslash forward slash Strange America. Uh, Twitter, Eric Slick Music. That's it. Hell yeah, man. All right. Yes. Our very last thing for you. Is there a song of yours that we can play the episode out on? This is my song, When It Comes Down To It, by Eric Slick off the album Wiseacre. And I wrote this song with a timer. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. It was really nice talking with you. Yeah. So nice talking to you both. Cool. All right. Cheers.
to cry.